TransformerStuff.com presents In the Holding Room with Christian Abbott. Welcome, everyone. You're in the holding room with me, Christian Abbott. Here in the holding room this episode, we have some wonderful guests. And our first guest is going to be talking about how it takes talent, hustle, luck, and one other thing to help land a gig. I'm going to introduce you to one of my favorite games where I put Broadway star against Broadway star in Who Sang It Better and having you compare some amazing performances. Also, the incredible Christy Cates is going to be talking about the simplest mistakes performers make when auditioning for shows and how to fix them. So make sure you're taking notes. Welcome. You are in the holding room with me, Christian Abbott, brought to you by PerformerStuff.com. Performer Stuff was created to meet the needs of folks just like you, performers, educators, and professionals in the entertainment industry. At Performer Stuff, you can search our online store for monologues and music for your next audition or to use in your classroom. On our More Good Stuff blog, you can access hundreds of articles and how-to lists created just for you by industry professionals. There are dance and voice classes and workshops at PS Academy. Plus, you can download podcasts and shows just like this one featuring performers and entertainment pros from around the world. Basically, it's an online community just for you. So check out the website at performerstuff.com or follow us on social media. Today's segment of Performer Spotlight features an incredible actor who has done it all from animation and voiceover to commercial and television and feature films, and of course, some huge theatrical productions. He was in the Canadian premiere cast of A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. He was in the U.S. national tour of Lion King. He was in Les Miserables on Broadway. He did Dirty Dancing and the multi-million dollar production Lord of the Rings the Musical. He is phenomenally talented, but also knows that his network has also helped him land so many jobs. So please welcome to The Holding Room, Tyler Murray. Tyler Murray, it's wonderful to have you here. Thanks for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. And you've had such an impressive career through commercials, televisions, film, theatrical productions, multi-million dollar productions, award-winning shows. It's great to get your advice and for our audience to get your advice on, on what's led you to land some of those, those great gigs. So Love I'm wondering it. if you could take us back uh, maybe to one of your earlier professional jobs and kind of break down the tactics that you used to, to land that job and, and, and what show was it? you know, the Lord of the Rings, the musical was, was going to be this, this, the biggest show ever produced and everybody wanted to be in it. And when you're five foot six, there's not a lot of shows that make you go, I really got a shot at this. Uh, Cause you know, a show full of hobbits. Um, and they were, they were measuring people. Like you could not be above a certain height to play a hobbit in this show. So, and I was like, I had that much room to spare, which was a ton at the time. And uh, this is a casting director who I'd worked with before and, uh, and, and knew me and I went and did it. And what song um, did you sing for Lord of the Rings, the musical? <laughs> if I recall correctly, the first round was just sing. I think I might've sang Danny boy because they wanted something kind of like Gaelic Celtic feeling, you know? Yeah. That's so good. I think I sang Danny boy. Oh, nice. Um, if memory serves right. Don't, don't quote me on that. Anyway, I also didn't think there was much of a shot because I was about to go on the cruise ship for six months. Right. So while I was on the cruise ship and this, another thing, a, a huge lesson to learn on this is um, 
your talent and your hustle will get you so far. And sometimes you need a little bit of luck. And sometimes you need to rely on the relationships that you've made. Some friends of mine from university were working for the casting director. And they were going through the stack of, because it was still headshots, physical headshots at the time, um, going through the people for callbacks and the people who, the rejections. And this friend of mine saw my headshot in the rejection pile. And she went, whoa, Tyler Murray, you know, curly haired, Irish looking, he's perfect for a hobbit. And the casting director said, well, he's on a cruise ship. He's not available. And she said, if I can get him back here, will you give him a callback? Because they, they were thinking me as a potential Sam wow. at the time, uh, which in Lord of the Rings is a big role. So she said, if you can get him back here, then absolutely he can come to the auditions. He'd be, he'd be great for the show. So they did that. These two friends of mine got in touch with me on the cruise ship and through email and said, you need to get back here. You're being considered for Sam. I think they might've been uh, fudging how much I actually was in consideration for that role. Either way, I was sold. I was like, yeah. So the morning I could fly out or I would have to fly out, we had a 10 a.m. performance for like, remember that massive, like Bob Iger was there. Yeah, it was one of the days of Bob Iger and Michael Eisner's transition. So both CEOs of Disney were on watching yeah. that show. Right. And and everybody from, from Disney Cruise Lines, uh, the, the writers obviously were there, the composer, their families were there. And my big thing was I need to do the show. First of all, we need to kill this show, yeah. which we did. And then I need to immediately get off the ship get on a plane and get to Toronto, sleep as much as I can, uh, do this audition. And now the, the callbacks for Lord of the Rings, they were warning people, this is going to be an incredibly long and very physical show. The callback before you even sing and dance anything uh, or act, uh, say any words, you need to get through a boot camp. And when I'm talking boot camp, I'm talking like, people were being scratched off the list because they couldn't get, and this was like the second round of boot camps. Thankfully I was able to pass through uh, the, the initial one because I was on the ship, but people were like vomiting and passing out wow. because they couldn't get through this boot camp. So you needed to be physical. When I heard about this, thankfully those friends of mine working in casting, they were like, you need to be ready. So I, I hired a personal trainer on the ship a few weeks before I had to go back. So I was getting ready and to go, so I fly back, a friend of mine picks me up at the airport, I sleep at his place for a while, I get to the callback, I realize at the callback, I haven't eaten anything. This is like, it's 11 o'clock the next day. And like, this is the world, and I was like, I grabbed a granola bar from my bag and I like, it was like chocolate covered granola bar and I shove it in my mouth really quick. Within five minutes of that boot camp, I was like, I have made a huge mistake. And I was like, Can I, I just need to excuse myself, I'm just gonna go to the bathroom for a second. They're like, yeah, go ahead. And they were watching people who were excusing themselves to go to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom and was like, <laughs> did not throw up, but came very close, checked the mirror, made sure it wasn't green and went back. It's like, okay, sorry about that. Just I really had to, I really had to go. And the guy was like watching me anyway, got through it. They let me sing. Uh, they let me act red for Sam and, uh, finished it and it was this was just all the hobbits for this particular round 
and uh, a lot of really talented, great short guys were were there. And then at the end, the 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 crew, the uh, the artistic crew, the directors and, and the choreographers said, because uh, this was like three hours. Uh, okay, guys, thanks so much. And then they pulled out a case of beer, and everybody have a have a have a beer, and we all sat and and chatted and and had a couple of drinks, and then I went to the airport and I flew to Puerto Vallarta to move the, to meet the ship so I could be on stage that night. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Little coda to that story. Uh, I got the part. Remember a couple weeks later, I was in the, at the time, the computer lab on the ship. I don't know what the Wi-Fi situation is now. Yeah. They don't have computer labs on ships anymore. <laughs> right. Well, I was in the computer lab and I got an email. You got the part. And my agent said, if you can call me, go ahead. So I went and got my phone card and I called her and she said, you almost didn't get it. They didn't think you could handle it physically. And apparently somebody in casting said he can absolutely handle that. He flew in from Los Angeles that morning. He performed for Bob Iger and Michael Eisner that morning. He was a bit tired. So the, the creative team were worried that I couldn't physically handle it because I'd excused myself. But those friends of mine in the casting room said, you know, he's, he's got this. Don't worry about it. Your relationship and your work ethic is what made it okay for you to leave one show to audition for another show. I remember that. I remember the negotiations back and forth with the ship staff and the artistic team. There was a lot more going on behind the scenes that you never knew about. Because, well, tell me, this, yeah, I'd like to hear this. Because the precedent that it was setting for future people to leave a show that they were contracted to do to go get another job, why on earth would we ever allow this? Well, we would allow this because Tyler works his tail off. Tyler isn't somebody who is gonna bail on us and leave us high and dry. He's trying to pursue his future career. He is a professional. He kills it every single night, two shows a night. You know, So it was your reputation and your work ethic that made people go, okay, we'll make this exception for Tyler, but we're not making this a rule for anybody. I've been so fortunate to have had a lot of success in this business and I am very grateful for that. But I couldn't have had any of that success if I wasn't surrounded by people who, who brought me up and believed in me. Um, I remember, you know, you've got the Lion King playbill behind you right there. That's for you. Uh, I, I was lucky enough to play Timon and Lion King on the tour for, for a year. I remember I was doing Dirty Dancing at the time in Toronto at the end of a two-year run. And the audition for Lion King came up. And I just, I had just finished doing eight shows a week of the same show for two years. And Lion King was at, at least a year contract. And I remember thinking, do I want to, to jump from, from one situation where I'm doing that to another? And I knew there was a lot of makeup and there was this giant puppet and it was gonna be away from my family and my home. At the time I wasn't married. Um, and then it just, it got to the point, I think friends of mine backstage when I was talking about it, they went, yeah. You are going to do that. Why wouldn't you? Name, give us one good reason why you wouldn't other than it, you, you're tired. And I was like, well, I can't. They're like, go to the audition then. Fly to New York and go to that audition. So, yeah. So some, sometimes you just need a good kick in the ass. I, I know you have great relationships and I know you care about people and people care about you. And, and But one of those things is it's that you have going for you is your work ethic. And I would love for people to take that away from your story as well, because I know you personally, I wanna share that. It's your work ethic that commands trust and respect and why people are willing to go to bat for you. Cause they know that they can put their name to your name and not be let down. And I think any young actor has to have that 
with any director or professor or choreographer that they work with, that they're going to be able to say their name and say it often. You know, and thank you, first of all, for saying that. Um, that comes with the, the, the lessons. I've let people down. Um, <laughs> we've all burned bridges. <laughs> we've all burned some bridges, uh, but burning bridges is one thing. Sometimes you just, you don't get along with people and you hate people. It's when you've let people down that you care about, uh, that you don't want to let down. And when we all make mistakes. You've had to adapt to a lot of different scenarios for auditioning. Now, in the time that we're in with the pandemic and our industry shuddering, you know, we've had to adapt even audition styles and audition techniques. I know that, you know, you have a home studio now, you know, so that, yeah. you, can, you know, continue the craft and continue your performance. Green screen, ring light. I've got my, uh, my microphone right here. It's, yeah, it's yeah. doing this stuff. The, in the last nine months, I've learned how to engineer sound. Uh, I've learned how to set, and you know, it's not like I have the most elaborate setup here, but there's been a lot of skills that I never thought I would have to learn. Never was interested in learning. Um, editing self tapes, you know, like I, I try to do a lot of on camera work as well. Um, but, and uh, everything is self tape now, everything. So they were, before the pandemic started, self-tapes were, were becoming a lot more popular. And now it's just the norm. Yeah. And some, one, of the, uh, one of the most respected uh, acting coaches who also runs a, a casting site um, in Toronto, he said, this is not going anywhere. We can get a vaccine and everything. We can get a cure and self-tapes aren't going anywhere. This is going to be the new norm. Zoom auditions. Yep. It's, uh, it's, it's an, an entirely new skill. We have to continuously adapt. The reason the theater has been around for thousands of years and, you know, I'm sure in our short lifetimes, how many times have you heard theaters dying? Uh, it doesn't die because we adapt. Yep. The theater adapts. Yep. It's going to be a so, new skill and it's going to be a new process. And I think people need to embrace it and yep. learn to move with it and not, not fight it. Yeah. And it's a lot of it's trial by error. You know, like I've got, I'm, I'm just sitting here on a laptop with you right now in my studio. Now off to my right is an old desktop. Yeah. So I've had, there was a, a theater company here in Toronto, uh, the musical stage company, and they had general auditions this past summer. They were like, you know, just because there's a pandemic doesn't mean the pandemic's not going to end. Let's, let's get some self tapes. Let's, uh, you know, do your thing. G give us a song and uh, give us a monologue and slate with, you, you just show us who you are. So I did. I sang um, You'll Be Back from, from Hamilton, the only song in a Hamilton that's appropriate for me. Uh, and I love that song. So I did that. And I instead of doing a monologue, because I'm at the age right now where I just don't want to learn any new monologues, uh, which is a lazy thing to say, but it's true. So I did a joke. You know, they wanted, you know, for the slate, hi, I'm Tyler Murray. I'm five foot six. Yes, I know I'm short. What are you going to do about it? Uh, but then I told the joke and I had a reader, uh, a friend of mine who from his house, who he lives an hour and a half away. He recorded, I sent him my joke and he recorded some, some reaction lines. It was a, a bartender at a bar. Duck walks into a bar and I was the bartender telling the joke. And it, uh, between that and the song and, and the slate, I, you know, I got a very nice letter of, of, of feedback from them. And, 
you, you do what you got to do. But but for the song, I, the reason I showed you the computer was I, <laughs> I did it. I YouTubed a karaoke version of You'll Be Back. That was my accompaniment. You know, resources, know your resources. Resource. I mean, it's, <laughs> it sounded just like the track and I'm listening to it because I'm I have uh, I don't read music, you know, being in musical theater for 20 years and I still don't read music. I learned through ear. So I listen to the soundtrack uh, and then sing that a bunch of times to the point where I can get the guy from the soundtrack out of my head. The notes are in my head, but his performance is out of my head, but I still have the same accompaniment. So everything's familiar. Um, you know, you just, you, you do what you do. You adapt YouTube. The sound is okay. The microphone picks it up. It's yeah. And I'm sure a year from now, if I have to do another musical theater audition, I'll be like, Oh my God, I can't believe I did a YouTube track. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but you learn, you test, you adjust, uh, you adapt. And yeah, the nice thing about the self-tapes is that you can, if you have the time, again, time being that massive currency, if you have the time, you do it until you, you like it, until you get it right. And how, that's just unfathomable to me, that you can have an audition and not like it and redo it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the amazing thing about self-tape auditions. Yeah. Because, you know, I go in and I, to an audition and I crack on a note. And, oh, I wish I could have that audition back. Well, yeah. now you kind of can. There's really no record. Experience. It's going to splice that in there with a really interesting transition. Uh, and you know, but but also with that, and people should should realize with their self tapes. Like I've been down here making a two page self tape, and I've been down here for hours. There gets to a point where you have to say, mm, just send that one. That one was good. Yeah, you know. You got to be you. If it's you too be. perfect, then that also raises alarms for uh, the casting directors. So, you know. Great. Tyler, yeah. this has been great. I thank you so much for, thank you so much for sharing your story, uh, sharing, you. you know, your lessons that you've learned. Uh, I, I'm so impressed by all that you've accomplished, all the shows that you've been in. It's great seeing Thanks, you on, on TV too. <laughs> we, you know, we jump up and down like, I know that guy. You know, so it's been, it's been great. Uh, I want to bring you back in just a moment for our lightning round. If you Copy can. that. All right, here we go. Question number one, first Broadway soundtrack you ever obsessed over? The Canadian uh, cast recording of Phantom of the Opera. Nice, Cole Wilkinson's on Cole Wilkinson, oh. <laughs> Go-to song when singing in the shower. Uh, that's Who I'll Be from Shrek. Cake or pie? Is pizza pie an acceptable answer? I will totally take that. Pizza pie. All right. <laughs> Show you wish you could go back in time to be in. <sighs> Show you could wish you could go back in time and be in. Yeah. You're in town. Oh, that's a good one. Well done. Yeah, I like that uh, who, show. Who is someone that if they punched you in the face, you would not be mad? I'd like to think that if someone punched me in the face, I deserved it. And there's a lesson to be learned. <laughs> All right. If you could do one show for the next five years, what would it be? Come from away. Oh, crushed it. Uh, say good you day. You know why? You know, like aside from it being an amazing show, no intermission, you're home by like 930. <laughs> say good day, mate, in an Australian accent. Good eye, mate. Hey, not bad. Uh, Stephen Sondheim is writing a musical about your favorite toy when you were a child. What is it? Could you imagine the Sondheim musical about Nintendo? <laughs> South Pacific or Oklahoma? Neither. Oh, 
I do not like those shows. I'm so if I had to choose, I'd say South Pacific. Okay. But if I really had to choose, neither. You're a bold man. I I, I, I applaud your stance. Thanks. <laughs> not say I agree, but I applaud your stance. You uh, seem like a South Pacific kind of guy. Myself, uh, if I had to guess, Sour Patch Kids or Swedish Fish. Neither. I'm a chocolate kind of fella. I no, don't like. Got to pick one. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to let you go. You got to pick one. Swedish Fish. Okay. What animals adds more? Don't make this face with the Sour Patch Kid. Okay. Not attractive. Which animal adds more joy to the world, squirrels or llamas? Squirrels. Go-to cast album when you're on a road trip. Lemis. Nice. Next superhero to have a Broadway musical. Black Widow. <gasps> oh, good one. She's the only one that really lends herself well to a musical. Think about it. Okay. I'm gonna, I am going to think about that, but not right yeah. now. We have one final question, and it is, I show up to an audition for a show you are directing without hearing me sing or seeing me dance or act. What do you typecast me as? Um, mean but lovable uh, mafia song and dance man. Wow. <laughs> or eccentric uncle. <laughs> okay. Tyler, it's been awesome having you on the show. Thank you so much for everything. Best to Thanks you so and to your family and to your beautiful little boy. I wish you all the best. And I, I hope to see you uh, personally soon and have a beer. I would love that. Or a cup of tea. Or a, a cup of tea. My beer days are gone. <laughs> <laughs> all right. If you need music for an audition or a voice lesson, Performer Stuff's got you covered. PerformerStuff.com offers not only full music sheets, but also 32-bar and 16-bar cuts, pre-selected by our on-staff music directors with an intro and easy-to-read sheet for your accompanist. If you need some help practicing, you can download an audition bundle with the sheet music, a vocal lead, and practice track. Plus, the audio on the track matches the sheet music, so you can walk into your audition knowing exactly what to expect. As always, our search feature makes it easy for you to find what you're looking for. So when you need music, come check us out at performerstuff.com. All right, we're back. And I just want to bring home a couple of points that Tyler made, because first of all, he is phenomenally talented, but he is also aware that his network can help him land jobs. So please be aware of that as well. As you continue your theatrical journey, the people you work with may go on to do spectacular things and you want, you want them on your side. So continue to cultivate that network of people to help land your next job. On this edition of Thank You Five, I'm gonna spend five minutes discussing my favorite game to play with my Broadway cast albums, Who Sang It Better? Now, I don't like to compare who sang it better, who's a better singer. That's left for people more educated than I, but I just don't think it's a fair thing to do. But I do enjoy comparing the different vocal qualities, the different character choices that performers make, and uh, the different orchestrations. And there, there are many different interpretations of similar shows out there, and uh, I enjoy those different nuances. Most recently, I purchased the brand new recording of Songs for a New World. Of course, that original album is beloved and is amazing, but the new recording of Songs for a New World has some really different choices in it to songs that you know and that you love, and if you don't know, you need to listen to that album. Um, so that's a, that's a new one that I've been comparing the new cast album with the original cast album of 
But this really started for me back in the early days of my Broadway infatuation when I got the the highlights tape cassette of Les Miserables. And then I ended up getting the two cassette collection of the Broadway cast recording, two cassettes in one. Thank you very much. Uh, And then I got the three CD collection of the complete symphonic recording. And I noticed that some of the characters or performers were different in that recording. And it was fun to, you know, kind of listen to and compare the performances. But then I ended up getting the London cast recording, and then I got the French concept, I got the Paris, then the German and the Japanese. If there is a Les Miserables recording out there, I physically own it, not just digitally. Um, And it's been great to compare all the different nuances of those different recordings. And in this day and age with Apple Music and Spotify and YouTube and Google, it's just so much easier and it's so much cheaper because it cost me thousands of dollars to do this. Maybe not thousands. Yeah, no, I would say thousands because I bought all the albums and cassettes and CDs and I have an amazing Broadway cast album collection, Um, but it's all been uh, rendered obsolete now with digital media. However, I want to tee up a few to all of you out there. The Secret Garden, Broadway cast recording versus Australian cast recording. Mandy Patinkin versus Anthony Warlow. Two amazing performances, uh, but they're great to compare those choices that those, not only those actors make, but also the directors and musical directors, the choices they make. I mean, some of the tempos really get picked up in the Australian cast recording. Uh, The different character choices are amazing. Now, I personally lean towards the Australian cast recording. Anthony Warlow is a hero of mine, so it's hard for me to find fault uh, with anything that he does or finding anybody better than, than Anthony Warlow. He is amazing. Uh, but I would love for you to take the time to listen to those two shows and compare those, especially those two gentlemen, their performances. Another fun one uh, that might create some controversy, Leia Salonga versus Patty Lapone singing I Dreamed a Dream. Huh? Oh, that could go either way. I could see people fighting on both of those. Um, and uh, how about Jordan Fisher, Ben Platt, and Sam Tutty all singing... Uh, waving through a window from Dear Evan Hansen. Now, it, that one's interesting because are they singing it like a concert version and belting it out? Or are they singing it like the show and in character? Because I've seen all three of those gentlemen perform it both ways. And those are very different performances. Of course, that uh, character is you know very deep and nuanced. Um, so singing it like... Um, Evan or singing it like themselves in concert yields a very different kind of performance. Uh, And, you know, uh, Wicked, a lot of people, there are a lot of YouTube clips out there of the different alphabas and it's, it's fun to explore their different takes on that character. So that's a fun one to go down the rabbit hole doing. You can do that all day on YouTube. There's so many different alphabet recordings and they're all amazing. They're all amazing. You're not going to land that role unless you are amazing. So all those trolls out there like, oh, this one's awful. You guys are crazy. All right. (laughs) And it's also fun to compare the live performance recordings versus, you know, the studio recordings as well, because singing those songs night after night versus, you know, getting the perfect take in a recording studio is uh, a very different uh, art as well. Uh, An earlier one that I did in my Broadway infatuation was Michael Crawford versus Colm Wilkinson, the London cast recording of Phantom versus the Canadian cast recording of Phantom. Uh, Michael Crawford always 
felt like a very sorrowful pity me kind of phantom which worked and made millions of people fall in love with him and the show uh, and Colm Wilkinson always felt like a more vengeful and seductive phantom uh, so that was that's a a great uh, uh, contrast and compared to and you know now that I think about it you can really do that with Les Mis and Rob there's so many recordings of Les Mis and so many people have recorded songs from Les Mis I mean you know, you could do Hugh Jackman versus Alfie versus Colm and Gary Morris and, you know, whatnot. And well, a lot of men have recorded I Dreamed, uh, uh, a lot of women have recorded I Dreamed a Dream on their solo albums, and a lot of men have recorded Bring Him Home. So it's a very useful tool to hear different performers sing similar songs, uh, and it'll help you in your career as well, you know, and it, you may be up for those roles in, in a production and hearing different interpretations will help you create your own. And you should be creating your own. You shouldn't be mimicking any of these recordings, any of these performances. You need to bring yourself to these roles. But hearing the different character choices might help you discover a, ch a character choice that's within you for these songs and for these characters. And with that, thank you, Five. If you have a huge audition coming up, and you don't want to search through the same old monologue books, check out performerstuff.com. Our custom search feature lets you narrow down exactly what you're looking for, get a quick preview of the monologue, then print it out. Plus, lots of materials come straight from the playwright, so you won't walk in with the same monologue as everyone else. It's the easiest way to get your audition or classroom monologues. Search, preview, print at performerstuff.com. Today on Professor's Corner, we feature someone who is not only an accomplished performer, but she's also the chair of the Professional Conservatory of Musical Theater at the New York Film Academy. She knows a thing or two from her years on stage and from her experience teaching our next crop of musical theater stars. Please welcome to Professor's Corner, Miss Christy Cates. Christy Cates, thank you again for joining us. So great to have you as a part of Professor's Corner and as chair of the Professional Conservatory of Musical Theater at the New York Film Academy, I am thrilled for you to be here and lend your insight as, as you kind of deal with a lot of this and education and teaching. And so I know you have a lot of value to add to, to our audience. So thanks for being here. Thank you, thank you for having me. With all your experience and everything that you're, you're helping people with in their professional journeys, what, what, what insight, what advice do you have for our audience today? Um, great question. I, I think that something that I have learned over the past 10 years, being at uh, 11 years actually, being at the conservatory and being the main person who watches all of the auditions and video submissions is that I cannot tell you how important it is to make sure you are reading all of the instructions. Do not underestimate how valuable it is to have read and processed everything that that particular audition, and in my case, school, is looking for. That is where people often make mistakes right up front. And, and that's, um, you know, you're just, you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot because we're looking at you, not only your talent and your um, passion and your potential, we're also looking most of the times at giving you a scholarship. 
right? So, so all of the components of being a good student are kind of summed up in your ability to process and then give to us specifically what we've asked for. Yeah. That's important. That's that, that. That's great. You know, whether you're auditioning for a program such as yours for college, you know, there are there are rep theaters that do one audition and cast their entire season out of it. Right. So they are very. There's a reason the casting notice has the information in it that you have. And um, I think back to when I was a dance captain at the Follies Bergere, we specifically ask the women to bring in their character heels because you have to tumble in character heels in that show. And if you didn't bring in your character heels and we couldn't see that you could tumble in character heels, you weren't getting the gig. Yeah. What are, what are some of the mistakes that you see students making when it comes to, to not following the instructions? Sure. Um, well, you know, the, the number one thing is that people love to sing pop music, but pop music is not musical theater music. So so say that you really want to choose a song from um, um, American Idiot. That's fine, but don't just bring in a Green Day song that happened to be an American Idiot. Bring in the American Idiot version <laughs> of that song. Right. Um, that, that's a, that is one of the biggest things is that I will have people submit videos of pop songs. And we've asked for musical theater. We've asked for contrasting. I'm happy to like go into more detail of what I think contrasting is. Um, we've asked for, you know, we ask for a contemporary, uh, excuse me, a monologue from a contemporary play. So that means I don't want a musical. I don't want you to give me a Fanny Bryce monologue. I don't want you to pull something from E.T., no, that's a great point because I think there are, there are a lot of people who will just assume this is this is a musical theater piece and I'm taking the monologue from Assassins. No, right. the the casting notice said play. And I think people would be very competent in walking in with a monologue from a musical theater piece. So I'm glad you you made that distinction. And and the thing is is that and I'm not trying to be mean about it but but if you bring something in a monologue from assassins and it's brilliant I'm going to I'm going to file away that you were brilliant but I'm still going to come back to you if I'm interested in in moving forward and say thank you for that please send me a monologue from a play. Yeah. Um so that's something that's something that is is very important. I think also it can be confusing to students to pick something that is age and type appropriate to them. And I think something that's really cool is that, you know, this year has been a lot for all of us, but some rules, some, some old, um, old, uh, uh, what is the word I want to use? Um, the establishment, right. Of who this character has to be is changing sure. a bit. So you do have some room in there to, to think outside of the box. Don't put yourself solely in, this is only what I do. Um, but at the same time, please don't bring us a song that is sung. If you are 18, I don't want to hear, you know, um, a song that's normally sung by a 60 year old. Mm. Right. I don't want to, um, to watch. Okay. So this is, this might be my own thing. I, I think it is universal, but I don't want to watch you play a character. 
I don't want, you know, I know a lot of people love to sing new philosophy hmm. from Charlie Brown. Yep. It's a great song. It shows comedy. But what I know from that song after you sing it is that you would be a good or not good Sally. I'm not getting to see you. Right. So I think songs that are not super duper character specific yep. are much, much more successful because at the end of the day, I'm not looking to cast a class. I'm looking to find people who are interesting, who have a sense of who they are and what they bring to the table and feel confident in, in their choices and the choices they make as an actor within those songs. You don't, you'd, I, I don't need you to come in and sing a song exactly how the character would do it in the show because you haven't earned that emotional place yet. I, as your, as your, um, uh, what would I be called as your, as the person? Your director? Yeah, as your director. What, I, I don't have all of the information. I haven't watched you lead up to that emotional spot in the show. Yeah. So, so I think that's something to be aware of as well. I don't want you to come in and sing Define Gravity as Alphaba, like you've just done a 75 minute act one going through all sorts of stuff. I don't, I don't need to know that you can play Alpha. I need to know that you can take those lyrics, personalize them, make them make sense within the parameters of the, of the show. But I want to see you. I don't want to see you as Alphaba. What a great exercise. What a great exercise for anybody in our audience right now to take their song, to take their, their 32 bars, their 16 bars, or their entire song and do, and do just that. I, I want to see you and how you relate to this song. That's, that's gold right there. Well, that's, that's a great like, exercise. In a cut, there still has to be a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yep. Even you can't start, yeah. You can't start that cut at the emotional height. Like, where do you go from there? So even if the character in the show has earned that emotional spot, you've got to find a way to make it organic and authentic to you and the fact that you're that that's like zero that's the starting line for you and i think if you you do your 16 bars what emotion do you put into your 16 bars okay now you have a little more time to define who you are in 32 bars so how do you do that differently and then okay you've actually been given permission to do the whole song what's the entire emotional art that you're going to take us through so right. i think and and if you that yeah if you just use 16 bars from the end of your song and you think that the person behind the table is going to accept you falling to your knees and crying you're crazy that's you right know? so that yeah. is you said it much more elegant than i did <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited about what you said though and i just oh, good. i, I want to i want people to understand how important that is to to be themselves show themselves and you haven't earned the right to have that that emotion i love that that is you so i mean we don't we don't have the we don't have the knowledge of what happened before we we may not know the song and all of a sudden you're asking us to get on board with your story at level 10. And that's very shocking. Like give us a moment to join you on your journey. Yeah. I think that's. And I also like that you mentioned every song has a beginning, middle and end and you don't get a chance to 
you know, sometimes it's a 16 bar audition or a 32 bar audition, but that 32 bars still has to have a beginning, middle and an end. I love that you said that. That's great. That's cool. And the moment before, you know, remember, remember that you start singing because something has just happened. So do not underestimate my friends. Do not underestimate, especially with in, in this like Zoom world and all these virtual auditions that are happening, don't underestimate that moment before. What just happened that makes you start singing? That is gold. That is musical theater gold. If you can nail that, we are with you, yeah. right? Yeah, that's so great. That's so great. Anything else, Christy? I think just, you know, be confident. You're uniquely you. You can only be where you are at any time. Don't, you know, and this is something I have to always tell myself too, but don't try to be what you think we want you to be. You know, what is, what is um, your reality in that moment? What is your passion? What is your, what do you bring to the table? You know, you're in a specifically college auditions, my friends, you're interviewing us just as much as we're interviewing you. You want to go somewhere where you feel um, supported and you feel like you're going to get out of that program what you need. Yeah. You, know? yeah. you want you want your educators to accept you for who you are so that they can make you the best you that, they, that you can be. That's so right. if you don't feel comfortable being you at that audition in front of them, then maybe that's not the school for you. You know, so that's, that's great. That's great. You got to be you. You're the best you that you can be. Yeah, that's um, right. Thank you so much for joining us, Christy. Christy, if people want more information about what you're doing or how that they can improve, you know, their abilities, what, uh, where can they, where can they find you? Yeah, of course. I'm on Instagram. Just as Christy Cates. I think that's um, a good way. I do have a website. Please don't be like me. Please don't be like me. It is said christycates.com coming soon for a little while. Um, I'm really focused right now on teaching and, and um, uh, you know, being the head of this program, but um, I promise to update that website soon. But right now, you know, you can check out the Professional Conservatory Musical Theater at the New York Film Academy. Um, just Google us or find me personally on Instagram at Christy Cates. Awesome. Will do. Christy, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Join me, Mark Pawsey, your host for Pro Series on PerformerStuff.com with friends and colleagues from the entertainment world whom I've had the pleasure to work alongside during my illustrious show business career. Together in conversation, we share our knowledge, experiences, wisdom and passion for the arts. From Broadway and the West End to theme parks, cruise ships and everything in between, Pro Series will bring you tips on how we succeeded in this industry that we love and respect. Pro Series. Conversations with the pros brought to you by PerformerStuff.com. Well, there you go. Another episode in the books. Hope you all took notes because some real value bombs in that episode for you all to learn from. Next episode in the holding room, the incredible Nicolette Hart will be talking about the lengthy audition process for Rent on Broadway, as well as auditioning for Bette Midler. I'm going to be teaching you some techniques to fall down the musical theater rabbit hole and find some new music that will really inspire you. And Mr. Sean Michael Flowers is back, and he's going to be talking about why you should not be singing like your Broadway idol. All this in the holding room with me, 
Christian Abbott. Make sure you're checking us out at performerstuff.com as well as subscribing to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>